Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. What's up, Ray? Hello, Trisden. How's it going, man? I'm okay. I've got the headphones on today. I'm adjusted to them. Look at you, man. Professional. Yeah, they don't fit me, though, because I've got a head like Frankenstein. <laughs> That's the worst kind of head, the Frankenstein head. It is. It is. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was actually at a comedy show one time. Did I ever tell you this story? No, I, I was don't at think a comedy, so. <laughs> I was at a comedy show in East Orange, New Jersey. There, So there's Orange, there's East Orange, there's South Orange. And we were at uh, the cellar in East Orange, New Jersey. It wasn't even me who said anything, and the... Uh, the comics like and this guy over here was somebody at my table look at him looks like freaking frankenstein wait look at the ears on this guy hang on hang on somebody's whispering something over an orange he can hear it he can hear it. i'm like dude it wasn't even me oh, oh no yeah so oh man that's good stuff what's happening man do we have a show today we might as well you know uh, bad wolf gaming and berea pawn you know they they pay us to keep coming on to do this so i guess we got to talk about something and Troy, um, I know you had done your, your ad for Troy last week. You want to hit that? That's it. Actually, we should make Troy come on and do do ah, it himself. Yes, yes. I, I think he's probably <laughs> listening, and that would be awesome. It would be better than me stuttering through it. And actually, we talk about it. I, I wonder if our listeners get tired of us saying we need to at some point get produced commercials, because we really will. But yeah, I think Troy is available. Our producer, Troy, tell us a little bit about what's going on if you've got just a second. We'd love to hear it. Not a problem. Hey, how's it going? Uh, thanks for having me on, on in front of the microphone. Wow. <laughs> so I noticed that you all have your sponsors of, um, you know, Bad Wolf Gaming and also Berea Pawn. And they that worked so well for them. I thought that I would uh, could be a sponsor as well. What I'm doing is asking everybody just to go over to frontporchstudios.com slash products and services, and I'm going to be forevermore adding new and new things, podcast-related and really just life-related things that if, uh, you know, deals that I find, things like that, that if you click through, it's going to help you out, but also, you know, give the studio a little bit of jingle, and uh, that helps out everybody. Most definitely. And yeah. for the folks that, uh, again, have thought about doing a podcast and you're looking for the person to talk to to get started, it is Troy with Front Porch Studios. Uh, you're not going to find a better producer slash more helpful slash nicer, more knowledgeable guy to deal with. So, yeah, definitely Agreed. check out front frontporchstudios.com and you will not regret it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Now on with the show. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Troy. So good call, Ray. And you know what? If I don't write things down and they're not right in front of me, I tend to look back and say, oh, shit, I forgot to say that. So oh my God. I'm glad you, you thought, because I, I have Troy written down at the end, but not uh, at the beginning. So I'm glad he got to come on and do that. So absolutely. absolutely. And that writing down stuff, Tristan, is actually my personal life. Patty will ask me to do something. I'll forget to do it. And I will still say, 
heading towards 35 years of marriage. Did you write it down? No. Did I have? Do I have to write it down? Yes, you have to write it down. <laughs> Leave me a note. It'll get done if you tell me. And and, and same thing with the the folks at work when they're you know request offs. Write it down. There's a request off sheet. You have to write it down. If you tell me, I'm not going to remember. No, I'm the same. That's that may be a guy thing, or certainly a like guy over 25. But there's so many bits of information nowadays coming at us. You know, we're going to get a text, an email. Our wife's going to say something. Our boss is going to say something. One of our coworkers, and like you have no idea what you were going to do 15 minutes ago. I will start to talk lose my train of thought and not remember it ever again. So yes, right. if it's written down, that is ideal. Exactly. Yes. So good call, man. So kind of a, kind of a big, I don't know if it's a big news week, but definitely like everything else today, kind of a, a controversial, anytime anything happens in government, it becomes a, my side did it and we're right. And your side's stupid for not wanting this thing. And I think this week that polarizing thing is the, uh, the student loan uh, a bill that, that Joe Biden passed, right? Right. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Well, so, and to be fair, there were a few Democrats that didn't love it either. Some moderate Democrats like Tim Ryan in Ohio, who's trying to win that seat against J.D. Vance and it's neck and neck. And, you know, Ryan's certainly a moderate Democrat. Um, he would he would be a I don't even know if he'd be a liberal conservative. He's a moderate fellow. And I've I've liked him for years. But he was not real enamored. Um, not that they're opposed to it necessarily, but you know they don't want to be looked at as the party that's just doing handouts, which obviously is Republican flack that they're getting. Yeah, and and certainly uh, from the people that you see on your social medias, it, it does become pretty polarized that the Democrats are all saying it's a, it's a great thing, and all the Republicans are saying it's complete garbage. And you know, what about people that paid off their student loans? And, and what about people that went right to work? Like, where's our break? And, and, and I guess my thought on that is, first of all, I'll say I was lucky enough that I, right after college, did some deferments and some different things. And I just was never in a hurry, really, to pay on my student loans. So I actually had about $7,500 left in student loan debt that I just had not messed with of federal student loan debt. So I guess that's going to be paid for. So to me, when the handout affects me personally, I love it. You know, I, right. I think like most of us, I, I didn't know any of my friends, right wing friends that, that ripped up their Joe Biden check. And I didn't know any of my liberal friends that ripped up the Donald Trump checks when they were handing the, those out during COVID, right? Like. People like when things affect you personally. So in that situation, it's only a good thing. But I will say this. I never want to be the person that begrudges the poor for getting food stamps or begrudges people for getting a little help with a college student loan or people that get help with WIC. Like to me, I've always sort of been of the mind that I love that we're doing this for this particular group of people. I'll give you an example. When when COVID hit and we started giving a lot of money and a lot more money to unemployed people than they were even getting before the pandemic. I forget the exact amount, but it was like $600 a week extra yeah. on top of their their unemployment checks. Right. I didn't begrudge that, but I did also feel like we pay a lot of taxes. The government could have also done something for those of us that never, that didn't miss a day during COVID. So again, I wasn't saying screw you people for gaming the system. I just think, you know, what about us? You know, we pay a lot of money. 
I would never be above as somebody that grew up on welfare. I wouldn't be above somebody saying, look, everybody has a bad couple weeks, you know, or whatever. How about some food stamps every third month for these middle-class people that pay all their bills on time? And so I get it. Like I want a little something also. And I don't feel like that's a handout when we're paying my last paycheck. I think I paid $3,000 in federal taxes for two weeks. So I don't feel like it's a handout so much as what about a little of that money on occasion comes back directly to me. So I I don't begrudge that again. I don't, I, I see where they're coming from, but I don't think the issue is in getting mad about the people that got a little something. It's about why don't we also get a little something, which I think is fair. 3000 in federal taxes in two weeks. The hell kind of money are you making? It was a nice check, I'll be honest. But it is <laughs> it is frustrating. You do sort of, you sit back and feel like, man, I would like to keep some of this freaking money sometimes. But again, I get it. You know, we got roads and police officers and a postal service. I get that we got to pay taxes. My, but uh, there are days where you're like, fuck, I'd like to have some a- of this too. My brother has a buddy in Jersey who doesn't give a nickel to charities because he said he's already doing that via his taxes. So, I mean, I kind of get that. And and I also certainly get the point you're making, but we literally had a podcast break out in the office, um, which, as I've said a hundred times, the whole genesis of this podcast we're doing, not the whole genesis, but a big part of it was conversations that take place in my office at work but this broke out between lucas who we still have to get on here who's uh who's become a just a dear dear friend and and um my managing partner at galaxy still pretty conservative like my liberal roots show much more in certain issues and his show always revolving money so he was on the absolutely not this is ridiculous side along with donnie who's become a buddy, who's a, a an ardent bowler and is a fairly moderate individual, but he's a big uh, political uh, junkie. And then Andrew, who, like you, was a benefactor of the $10,000, and they're just sort of, and of course, I'm agitating. I'm saying, you know, so what do you guys think? All three of us, four of us together in the office, and they're just berating it and talking about how it doesn't uh, bode well for making people responsible and i paid mine off and how dare they yada 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 and andrew was like oh whatever you know it's it's helping me f you guys so then i said a little low in the conversation and it's really them i'm not saying a whole lot hard as that may be to believe and i said to, to donnie and lucas well so should this kid say no to the money Oh, no, absolutely not. No, they, he should take the money. So there you go. I've always said people hate government that works for somebody else. Love the government that works for them. Yeah, and I think there's, you know, we've been taxpayers long enough that we see some of this stuff. You know, I remember uh, at some point, I think it was near 08 with Obama. Uh, he gave out a tax credit for new home buyers, And I think maybe even an additional tax credit for first-time home buyers. And I want to say it was like three or five thousand dollars. And I missed that freaking thing by like two weeks. And I was so mad. I was like, oh my gosh. You know, so I didn't begrudge the people that got the five thousand dollar, three thousand dollar tax credit around 08 when the economy fell. But at the same time, like I get, you know, where's mine or whatever. Like, you know, I get that mindset, but I also don't sit back. I I don't want to ever be 
crab in a barrel. You you know right. the, the well. That, if I don't get it, you can't get it. And yeah, and I've never really done that. I do get as I've said a hundred times, and I'll say a hundred and one times. There's so many of aspects of my life that are conservative, and my problem with MAGA is there's nothing conservative about it. It's authoritarian. It's why Liz Cheney is doing what she did because she is look up the def, dictionary definition of conservative, and the Cheney family shows up. So they're conservative, and I understand how giveaways don't necessarily bode uh, 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 don't necessarily um, you know harbor responsibility and you don't want people thinking that there's free lunches and I fully understand those arguments what so I've never sat and said where's mine you know if you're getting some I should get some but I definitely get the argument that you know we bailed out the banks we bailed out Chrysler we gave the PPP loans to which which wound up not being loans they were forgiven to all kinds of employers. I'm sure your boss got one. I know for a fact mine did. And nobody was bitching about that. Well, how dare they? Now they're going to bitch about 10 grand. To me, it's a very bad look for Republicans. I don't think that they've comported themselves particularly well in this. And politically, which, you know, everybody says, well, we hate politicians. This is what's wrong with politics. All right, fine. I don't subscribe to that, but I get the people that say it. Politically, it's a great move, even though there are some Democrats that are a little in between and they have to kind of, you know, lightly tap dance around the issue. They'll figure it out because at the end of the day, you're helping out people. And, you know, isn't that what it's about? So politically, it's a pretty good move. And by the way, Biden's been on some solid footing the last two weeks. I got to believe Hannity's head is about ready to explode. Did you happen to see Uncle Joe's speech last night, which this show will air hopefully the end of this week? Because I don't want it to get confusing because he's going to give a speech on Thursday night of this week in front of the Liberty Bell. But he was in Pennsylvania yesterday. And I mean, just ripping MAGA, a new asshole. And you know what? Good. He's basically going to the, you, you know, the MAGA crazies, essentially, you know, uh, MAGA fascists calling them that because it's it's a strategy. And I think they've looked at the polls where people are literally worried about American democracy and they feel like this is probably a message that'll play. That 30%, you know, in the basket of deplorables, as Hillary mentioned, yeah, he's not going to get them. So screw it. Go ahead and, and try and get the independence. And I think that's personally, I think it's a good message. No, I think you're right. And that, that is on the heels of a pretty, definitely, I think, uh, by most interpretations, the best run politically of Biden's presidency so far. And then, you know what? I, I think a lot of people in the middle do have a lot of <clears throat> reservations about some of this QAnon. Not all the MAGA folks are QAnon, but a lot of the MAGA folks are certainly in the, you know, pretty much believing some pretty tall tales at this point in 2022. If you still think, you know, Trump won the election and some of these things that he's still spouting out. I mean, I feel like Trump's definitely weeded out a lot of the normal conservatives at this point. I mean, the, the diehards are never going to leave to your point, but yeah, man, I, I think it's pretty easy as a middle of the road politician or even somebody leaning left or right, like Liz Cheney to stand up and say, look, this is not right. You know, we get, you like Trump. We get, he has charisma. We get that. He's a little different. He's a millionaire, whatever, but there's a point. Look, we, we got to have as much reality as we can. And, and, and that's not MAGA. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, and that's it. It's, it's, I think it's a fight for independence. You know, it's, it's, um, it, it's, you know, where those MAGA folks are going to vote. And 
independents are a little frightened. They're frightened by abortion. And, and, the, and of course, the, uh, the Dobbs uh, decision, you know, overturning Roe cannot be, cannot be understated. It's, uh, and it's not apparently just women. You know, there's a lot of young men, you know, women and the, and the men who support him. I heard somebody say there's a lot of young men that are pissed off too. And I think that that was just a miscalculation. Uh, you know, the great line, Republicans have become the dog that finally catches the car after years of chasing the car. The dog finally catches the car. And now what do you do with it once you've caught it? Right. Yeah. After no. years and years and years of, of, you know, we've got to overturn abortion, you know, and, and I, I get that. Although I did think our buddy Marr, who, I, I just love how Fox celebrates him when he's on their side, but they ignore everything he says about Trump because he still right. can't stand Trump Absolutely. and beats him up all the time. He made a fair point because I've heard Jaeger say, uh, a, a good friend of Tristan and mine, who's you know one of the smartest people we know, um, I like to say that a lot, but in Matt's case, it's true. He said, you know, I myself would never choose abortion. It's not what I would choose, but I would never preach to somebody that they can't do that. And Mars said, you know, he hears people who make that point, but you wouldn't say that to a murderer. For people who do believe abortion is murder, you wouldn't say to them, well, you know, I would never murder anybody, but it's fine for you to murder somebody. And I thought, well, that's a good way to look at it. Okay, I get that. No, I, I think, yeah, Bill Maher made a great point on the show this week. And I, I like that too, because I find... My friends, you know, and we're in the middle of the Bible Belt in central Kentucky. We're 30 seconds away from very, very rural areas. <clears throat> I've got tons of friends who think this way. I don't think any of those friends in the depths of their brain have any intention of taking away women's rights or hurting women's health care. They've been taught from the moment they were born in a Baptist church that that is evil and murder. And they, they just feel like, you know... To your point, it's just it's we're talking about murder. We're not talking about a health decision or a health choice. Now, would most of those people, except for the very, very fringe, say, well, we understand in the case of rape, we understand in the case of incest, we understand in the very rare case of the life of the mother. They would also say that. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, you know, I feel like I can't make those choices for women because I don't know whose uncle is a molester or whose husband is abusive and whose cigarette burning. I mean, you see so many cases of child abuse and these awful stories on Dateline. And, and you always tell yourself that that's, you know, the minority, but they are out there. So to me, if a woman is going to make what probably is a very hard choice to not have a child, man, you, you've just got to probably respect it, right? I mean, I, you, you, you don't, nobody sits back and loves the idea of abortion as birth control. But, you know, as white middle class dudes, it's not really our our say or shouldn't be. You know, that's it. That's interesting, though, because I've asked that question, Tristan, how uh, as we're fighting this fight now, which really seems to be out in the open and, and Biden is making it part of this campaign. He's not running in 22, but he's supporting candidates who are. And this notion of American democracy going away, authoritarianism re rearing its ugly head is really, really in the American zeitgeist right now. Big fancy word. You know that word? I do. Zeitgeist? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's just a part of things now. And 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 you and I have been talking about this for a, a while. And I've asked that question, you know, how Many people in America would be willing to give up some of their liberties in exchange for an authoritarian who thought as they did and put things into uh, effect legally that they liked. Abortion might be a great example of that. 
which is to say that there are people for whom, all right, let's just say in some crazy world, Republican uh, Democrats find some way to to hang on, which I think the Senate, they will. House is still in, very much in doubt, but let's say they find a way to keep the House and then they are able to pass a bill that codifies Roe, right? That overturns the Supreme Court, if you will. Um, that might be an example where people say too much democracy. Fuck the democracy. We want an autocracy that says abortion is illegal. Yeah. And, you know, the nice thing about America that I've always sort of felt like is, for the most part, the will of the people sort of rules. So, again, I, I try to tell myself when things like abortion become legal or illegal, you know, obviously it's just states rights at this point. But you just sort of tell yourself, well, look, if there's enough people that feel this way, even if I disagree with it, you know, more people feel that way. So that's going to be a law or, you I know, mean, the- so- sometimes it works that way. In right. other cases, America is the rule of minority law. And that's also by design with the filibuster. I mean, you've got if, if polls are to be believed, and I think they are um, because they're pretty much it, it, polls are like weather you know i i always defend the weathermen i think they do a great job occasionally they get it wrong and that's when you have the picnic and you get rained on and oh they're terrible but if you watch 10 weather forecasts nine nine and a half of them are accurate it's just the one that's inaccurate is the one that affects you so you hate them it's the same with polls polls are really accurate it's truly political science so if polls are be, to be believed, a vast majority, 65 to 70 percent of Americans would like to see more done with guns, but it doesn't happen because of minority rule. Abortion, same thing. And, and that's now rearing its ugly head. 65, 70 percent of Americans favor abortion in some form or fashion to be legal. Now it's illegal or it's going to be thrown to states who can make it illegal. And so it's a system that also lets a minority voice have arguably too strong a voice sometimes no i think that's a fair point i mean again i I guess i always just work from the point of you know if we don't like something that was done then i guess it's our party's job or your party's job to organize because you know america has a constitution and a fundamental set of rules that we all used to follow that would be if we don't like it you know we regroup we organize we try to change this to to you know, to make it what we want the credit to Republicans politically for doing that with the Roe versus Wade. I mean, they, to your point right. would, you know, that was 50 year, 40 years, whatever, a pretty year battle. Yeah. Single mindedly working on this one, one issue. And they've, they did it, you know, uh, to the detriment of a lot of people. So, you know, again, if you don't well, like something work politically to make it different, but once you take yeah. the ability to do that away, then what is America, man? I, I, I don't right. know. I, and to your because- point, Tristan, uh, to your point, uh, the democracy is going to work. And now the backlash to Roe getting overturned all those years, all that years, uh, all those years of work that Republicans did. And, and let's throw another um, thumbs up to Republicans. I, they weren't my favorite people, but the Tea Party folks, they did an amazing job organizing. Even someone who we know near and dear who you may work for. Funny story, I can tell you about that. So I lost my job there in 09, which is a is is when the Tea Party is is starting, right? The the roots are are are, are being put down for the Tea Party because it it happened frankly after the election of America's first black president in November of 2008. And in 2009, the economy's in the shitter, cost me my job. The Tea Party is starting to flex a bit of muscle. 
And the gentleman who still signs your paycheck was all involved in the tea party. And he went out and he rented equipment because he was going to do an address on the second floor where the station is and invite people to fill his parking lot, which they did to his credit. I think you can still find him on YouTube somewhere. I'm still DJing in those days. I've got all the equipment. And so I say, what did you rent equipment for, man? I've got everything you need. I said, and all I would ask in return is 10 minutes to address the crowd. He's like, that ain't happening. No way. No way. <laughs> nice. <laughs> true story. Funny That's pretty true. funny. But the Tea Party did a great job of grassroots organizing. Hell, they got people into office, and that's the way you do it. Now, did that lead us to MAGA? Was that the first, you know, was that the fucking monster raising its ugly head? Yeah, I think that I it think was. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, unquestionably. You know, I, I feel like, you know, but that's the power of organization. That's the power of politics. That's the power of coming together to, to do something. And to the Republicans' credit, they seem to have done a much better job of that, uh, at least in my lifetime, certainly, than the Democrats have. I would agree with that. At the grassroots level, I would agree 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to the student loan stuff, I would like to uh, to point out real quick that the uh, that the money that will pay for this, I guess, comes from the the money that we've already paid in i guess you know with the student loan taxes for on those federal student loans like it's a trillion dollar industry for the government so it's not right. like this is from a this is not from the, these are not paid off from the taxes of the guy that works at kroger these are from the taxes of those of us that have already paid you know years and years of some what some people would say predatory um lending practices and some of this interest so whether you agree or disagree with that at least you know, it's not coming from your payroll check, uh, you know, Ray White. It's coming from the money that these people have already paid in. So, but I did want to play a clip from Bernie Sanders. I think I'm a bigger Bernie guy than you are. I do love some of his stuff. No, I like I, Bernie. I like he gets Bernie. carried hey, away. Yeah, he yeah. gets carried away. Hey, can I ask you a real quick question before sure. you do that, though? Yeah. How does a kid going to Berea College accrue debt? Well, we did Pell Grants uh, to pay for a lot of stuff, which is nice. I don't know if your kid's qualified but one of the things in a Pell, Pell Grant to qualify that is you have a, a, a calculation which is called an EFC which is expected family contribution okay mine was zero dollars my family was not expected to help me at all which is a good thing in terms of going to college and getting you know student loan aid so Berea College does a great job of providing you three meals a day paying for tuition it's completely covered now there are a few little things like i want to say housing is an issue that you can get some loans for um or you you pay some of that off as you work because it's also a work college now gotcha. what what i did and this is you know again to republicans could jump all over this i would take out a loan every semester to just have a little bit of money to live so even though I was on campus, if, you know, the baseball team, for example, you know, wanted to go out to Applebee's, I would have enough money to, to, you know, to have a little bit of cash to go do that or to go buy a few extra groceries for the dorm or, you know, to pay my car insurance that's or cool. w- yeah, whatever. Sure. So that's, so I would probably take out three or four grand a semester and just use that. And that was my federal student loan money. So I probably at the end of Berea College now, if I'd worked a little bit harder 
you know, could I have got through and not owed a penny? Yeah, it would have been possible. But, you know, I also wanted to experience college and have some fun with right. my friends and, and, and be able to enjoy it. Because I didn't have, you know, parents that were saying, here's 200 bucks a month to, to have a little something. Right, So, right. yes. So okay. I, no, I, that makes I, sense. Yeah, so I graduated with probably $17,000 in debt and probably paid, I paid about ten grand of that off, uh, you know, over the course of however Should've long it's been. Should have paid seven of it off. It's, well, that last seven would have, would have got me clear. So, yeah, so now I've got just that little bit of debt left because also we hadn't been paying on it since COVID because they sort of suspended it all. And I'm not going to say, no, please take my money. I said, I want to buy cars and watches. So, <laughs> but so, yeah, right. I, I did, I, right. I did get through Berea with just a, a little bit of a uh, little no, bit of debt. But, you know, okay. Not, not so bad. you got a clip from Bernie. Is it student loan related? It's student loan related. Uh, George Stephanopoulos asked, you know, sort of his thoughts and I, you know, I, this Bernie Sanders sound bites to me are just so great. So, but yeah, this is, I'll play about a minute of it and sort of see what you think. And hopefully okay. you can hear it. If not, we'll, uh, we'll have Troy edited in for the folks listening when this, when okay. this drops. For joining us again this morning, you just heard, uh, Senator Blunt right there. He said, this program is unfair. It's going to hurt the economy. Well, he's wrong. 60% uh, of the benefits go to people who are on Pell Grants. Uh, 87% of the benefits go to people who are making $75,000 a year. Look, I know it is shocking, George, to some Republicans uh, that the government actually on occasion does something to benefit working families and low-income people. Uh, I don't hear any of these Republicans squawking when we give massive tax breaks to billionaires, when we have an effective tax rate today such that the 1% have a lower effective tax rate uh, that working people, we have major corporations in a given year don't pay a nickel in federal taxes. That's okay. But suddenly when we do something for working people, uh, it is a terrible idea. I was in uh, Boston last week and I was... All right, what what'd you think? Did, could you could you hear most of that? Absolutely. I heard all of it. And that's nice. kind of what I said before. Uh, is it not? I mean, you and to me, Trisden, that's a pretty it's a populist message, but it's a pretty effective message because we're all familiar with the money that went to Chrysler and went to the banks that were too big to fail and all the PPP money that was handed out to uh, you're right. Unemployment was arguably too much at six hundred dollars a week that affected not affected, but that benefited um lower income folks largely, but every one of those business owners who kept people employed got huge chunks of money back through PPP and nobody really griped. In fact, Republicans didn't say a word. There was a wonderful, um, apparently uh, my daughter sent me a text. Apparently there's an arm now of the white house, which is this young kid happens to be from New Jersey and she is heading up, uh, Biden's sort of Twitter response, okay? And she worked for Phil Murphy, the governor of New Jersey, and I guess she's a real sharp kid. And she came out with text after text of these Republicans, answering these Republicans who were saying the stuff that, you know, Bernie was answering to about how this is horrible, how this is a giveaway. And the numbers of them who had debt relief through PPP in their district never uttered a peep about it. Not a, not a single word. It, it was wonderful. And Brielle sent like 10 of these exchanges. And it's just the hypocrisy is sometimes paramount. So take advantage of it and call them out on it. Yeah, I agree completely because I, I always want to say like these these old timers that just, you know, I just want every single thing that I earn and I want to keep it. And, you know, while they've paid 30% of their money their entire life into taxes, it's like, look, 
I, I'm not going to feel bad. I, I know plenty of people, as you do, who've probably never worked a day in their life, and they've drawn nothing but checks. So why am I going to feel bad if once every 10 years the government says, you know what, we're going to help you out with this one ridiculous thing? I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just dumbfounded now, that, that I'm not going to feel bad for that. Now, let me add this. I always talk about how so much of my life is conservative, and maybe I don't back that up enough. I will say this because I do believe it. There's never been a social program invented that's as good as a job. And, you know, I'm 62 next month, have worked my entire life. I understand the value that comes from work. It's kind of this whole notion of self-esteem. You know, you could argue that we started to go off the rails in this country with the fifth place trophies because Self-esteem doesn't come from being told you're good. It comes from actually accomplishing something and realizing through that accomplishment that it feels pretty good. So I fully understand where giveaways and handouts take that away. A hundred percent I do. But you make a fair point. We're now in that age where there's so much God darn money that gets thrown around. When you finally do something for people at the bottom level, now you're going to make your stance as a Republican. That's why I say I don't think it's gone terribly well for Republicans in the 10 days since Biden made that decision because they come across, to your point before, like the crab, you know, what'd you say, crab in the apple or whatever? They come across crabs a in very, a barrel. Crabs, crabs in a barrel. barrel. They, they come across, yeah, I always half listen to you, you know that. <laughs> in fairness. They, but they come across sounding kind of, kind of trite and shitty. Yeah, and one of the things, if you've listened to the podcast, you've just heard me harp on, you've half heard it. Is that, you know, we do we do a lot for poor people like America does fairly well. Like I'd say America's poor probably is better off than a lot of countries like, you know, lower working oh, now class. You, now you sound like Limbaugh. Limbaugh used to say that. It's well, I'm better saying, to be poor. It's better I'm, to be poor in America than rich in the Congo. Well, I'm saying, <laughs> you know, they eat, they have housing like we do. OK, I'm just saying as a, am not saying we couldn't do better, but I'm yeah, saying we poor could people do better. Do OK. But I will say, like, it almost always feels like the Republicans work so hard to get tax breaks for rich people. The Democrats work so right. hard to make sure the poor are well taken care of. Right. Look, it's rare that somebody says, hey, middle class, here's 10 grand for your student loans as you go to your job every day. I just feel like that, to me, seems like the rarest part of politics. And maybe that's this middle class, white, whatever, grievance people. And I'm not mad. I'm very happy with my position in life. You know, I love our government and, and our systems mostly um of course we chat about the stuff that we don't like but look there's not a lot of effort paid to uh give the middle class a little something for all their effort and, and I so agree. i i just right. feel like to, to bernie sanders point oh heaven forbid we could do a little something for the fucking working class yeah because it is rare and i would say most working folks would tell you now do i also wish the guy that works at meineke who went to, to work there changing tires right out of high school instead of going to college. I mean, would I also be fine if we did a little something for him? Of course. Like, hey, absolutely. Tristan. Hey, yeah. you seen what you seen what those guys are charging lately? I was at the, I, I won't name them. It, it's, uh, <laughs> it rhymes with fire kiss counters. <laughs> These sons of bucks are getting a buck 25 an hour for labor rates. Now, I'm not saying that's going back to the, you know, the guy who's got the tire iron in his hand, but Jesus H Christmas, a buck 25 an hour for labor rates. They're they're doing all right. Yeah, and that that's I'd say pretty standard with most mechanics. I remember 
you know, back in my day. But I remember it was always like 50 or 60 bucks an hour. But if you brought in a Porsche, you know, then they'd be, uh, it's like a hundred bucks an hour. But now, man, you bring in a, you know, a, a Chevy Malibu and you're paying 125 bucks an hour just to get a tune That's up. That's crazy, man. Hey, can I read you something? And just to get your response to it. Sure. Okay, so this was something my brother uh, sent me because I think I've asked this question in a lot of different ways, but not this succinctly because I tend not to be, even though uh, brevity is the soul of wit, I tend not to be very brief. So this sums it up pretty well, I think. So, And I'd love for you to respond to this. When we marvel or roll our eyes at Trump supporters, we're often asking the wrong question. Instead of asking how can they believe this nonsense, better we ask, what do they get out of being part of Trumpism that makes them so willing to suppress reasoned thought? I love that. Um, and and this is, I think, my easy answer. And I think, you know, our buddy Aaron at, at uh, Berea Pond might say this. I know a lot of pretty reasonable Republicans that would say if Trump was running, they would probably still vote for him. I think what the right has done so well is that they have labeled the Democrat Party as the fringe of the Democrat Party. So they just feel like, well, yeah, Trump's literally trying to end democracy and steal an election. But Jesus Christ, these Democrats, look at, look at, you know, Hillary's emails and Benghazi and uh, gosh, I don't know, and just name all these things that they've done such a phenomenal job of painting as you know, abortion, you know, they're baby killers who wouldn't want to vote against a baby killer. I mean, if you have somebody that literally murders babies or somebody that's just trying to borrow a few thousand votes from Georgia, you know what? They, they make it in their mind that the Democrats are just so much worse. Now I feel like as a normal American voter, there's Democrats. Look, if we we're running a pedophile, you bet your ass I'm, I'm voting for the Republican. I just don't find that there's that much evil in most of these politicians. But I just feel like the Republicans have done such a good job. I mean, most Repu- Republicans know that Trump is is, uh, you know, a fraud and a phony and, and lying about a lot of this stuff. But Jesus, they'd got they they would have to vote for him before they could vote for somebody that would dare vote for a Clinton or you know any of these other baby killing you know awful. Right. So, so people. the baby killing is like the extreme to, to the point that you make, and again, that's QAnon, whatever that percentage is. Let's hope it's not very large, six, eight, ten percent. Oh, I, I disagree. Heels- no, not not in, in the way that I'm using it, Ray. Baby killing is just abortion, not as in the oh, drinking not, the blood not, of the not QAnon eating stuff. And drinking. Oh, Correct. okay. Oh, of just abortion. Okay, well then, yeah. certainly the percentage is higher than that. So then, uh, taking that, uh, so abortion, guns, uh, transgender rights, homosexual issues. Is there that element that feels like these lefties are trying to change a country that they love and that's worked pretty well? And I just got to stand in opposition to that. And tr- yeah, and Trump gave and Trump gave voice to that. Right. Yeah. And, and I always tell the same story every time I sit down and have an honest political conversation with one of my Republican friends, they're always amazed at how much common ground we have and how much stuff they agree with me on because it's, you know, toward the middle more so than far left. But the Republicans have done right. such a good job of branding our party with the fringe. And I don't know that we've done as the Democrats have done as good of a job. But I tell most people, look, most Democrats are a whole lot more like me than AOC. Or Bernie right. Sanders, even. I mean, there's a right. more Democrats are probably in the middle. So 
They've just done a much better job of branding us as this evil, godless, baby-killing party. And of course, when they're running somebody that just so happened to be a pedophile in Alabama, the, that governor's candidate was, or yep. Donald Roy Trump, who's Moore. literally trying to work, yeah, Roy Moore, trying to kill democracy. Look, as bad as we hate that part of it, Jesus, it, it beats voting for one of those Satanist, transgender bathroom, baby-raping liberals. Right. I mean, that's what they see, unfortunately, which is the farthest thing from the truth. You and I know tons of Democrats. And and again, not that there's anything wrong with being a little bit fringe on both sides. But look, if you're believing these uh, crazy conspiracies on the right and, and, you know, there, there, there is a point where you're you're off the deep end. All right. So on the heels of that, Tristan, let me ask you this question. And this just popped into my head because I watched Mars show last night. So you saw last Friday night. I did. Rob Reiner and Amy Klobuchar. I thought Bill asked a fair question. Now, I love Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner's on my list of 10 people I'd actually walk across the street to meet. I've liked him since he was meathead. Uh, probably a little too far left for me. He is truly a Hollywood, you know, liberal. Uh, uh, I don't want to say an elitist because I don't think Rob Reiner is. I think if you met him, you'd find a, a wonderful, affable man and just a fountain of, of knowledge, right? Um, but I think Marr had him on the defensive a bit. When he asked that Hunter Biden question, which all accounts now are that there was a conscious decision. Jack Dorsey from Twitter said as much. There have been some reporters that they were aware of this story in October of 2020 about Hunter and using his old man for feathering his nest, which every son of Apollo, I'm sure John Quincy Adams used John Adams to do better by him. Okay, so nothing new in that. But there was some nefarious dealings there. And because Trump represented such an anathema to these people and and was so bad for the country, which I myself believe, they opted to squash, quash, uh, not print these stories about Hunter. And Moore's point was, okay, while I get that on its face, that is not good for democracy either because now you're playing the gatekeeper and in democracy, everything needs to be out there and people need to decide for themselves. And I would say, no pun intended, that trumps quashing the story. The story should be out there, right? Man, uh, you make a good point. And I've thought about this a lot. And I, I've thought about this with, uh, you know, Hunter Biden. I thought about this with the um, with the uh, James Comey coming out a week before the election with the the information on Hillary. Uh, man, it's it's tough. And yes, to your point, if there's a, a rock solid story, it, it's got to be out. But I think the press does have to be conscious of the fact that, you know, they're releasing information that could change the the course of history. So you better goddamn well be sure that it's 100% legit and not just something that is, uh, you know, hearsay or, you know, a a nothing burger to to use a dumb term. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. And really, and there is something to be conscious of there. When you think about Comey and that 10 days before that election, people have forgotten that already because our memory is so damn short. That's six years ago. And in some ways now, now Hillary, not a great candidate. And, and as my daughter will say, really what cost her the election were women because women weren't that comfortable with Hillary as a woman, which is a whole nother fucking podcast. <laughs> but, um, she wasn't a great candidate and women 
is who elected Trump, as I've said a thousand times, and that's who voted against Trump in 18 and 20. So it's no mystery to me why he lost. It wasn't made up votes. It's because women, suburban women, voted for, held their nose and voted for Trump in 2016, didn't vote for him in 2020. But right. when Comey stepped in and did that, man, it really did change the dynamic of that election. And if you're Jim Comey now and you think, if I hadn't done that, she may get elected and Donald Trump just goes back to being a New York windbag. We, I, I mean, again, you can't say we don't have this because obviously Trump didn't unleash it. He just was the voice, was the conduit. So it was out there, but he certainly gave voice to it. And now we're at this place where you don't want to be too hyperbolic and talk, quote unquote, civil war. But Jesus Christ, I mean, I, I will say this, Tristan, if they indict this guy, I mean, you got Lindsey Graham saying riots in the streets, pretty shitty thing to say, which Biden called him out on yesterday in Biden's speech. But um, I've got to watch that. Uh, yeah, Biden was really fiery yesterday. And the notion of him being that's the other thing, the whole notion of him being out of it. You, you can't stick to something that's demonstrably provably false and 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 have any credibility you know sean hannity you just got to say all right joe gave a pretty good speech maybe maybe i'm wrong about it but they're not they'll never do that but um if they indict trump shit it's 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 katie bar the door as far as what the MAGA crowds um could possibly do would you not think they already stormed the capitol for god's sakes I mean, I guess we'll see, you know, uh, if, if it was Hillary and Hillary Clinton was going through this stuff, look, they would want the judicial system to play out. So I think it's only fair that it goes both ways. Just because a certain group of people like Trump doesn't mean that the justice system goes away because they like him. Look, you don't have to watch many of his speeches to hear him lying and, and saying that, you know, there's everything he's done is recorded and on record. Like none of it was shady. Nixon was shady about it and it had to come to light. There's audio of Trump asking for votes in Georgia. Like, look, if this stuff is illegal, let's see how the process plays out. But to your point about media, there's been a, a longstanding term in, in election politics, which is the October surprise. Right. Obviously you're aware of that. So what job is it for the media also? to be not used as a pawn on either for either party. Because I mean, you know, if somebody drops some kind of, you know, somebody's held on to somebody was cheating on somebody and the say somebody found it in the Republican party and they hold on to it until the week before the election, because they know that's going to have the absolute most impact. I mean, I'm sure somebody's going to release it, but as like the New York times or, you know, a, a major news network, is it your job to play into these politics and, and just get this, high click story or should there be a little bit of discretion in in how we post and 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 release some of this stuff and i don't know that's a question a i don't question. have the answer to but, it's a great but it question. Is tough to i be, would i would yeah. think i would think that would be their defense tristan they would say look this story wasn't a hundred percent vetted it wasn't completely fleshed out we're doing monday morning quarterbacking now and we didn't want to alter uh, an election by throwing something out there that we weren't certain was true it is very it's it's a very interesting you know it's an interesting debate and it is of course what fox you know just alludes to all the time it's 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 amazing um it, it really is i would i would recommend to anyone uh, and certainly to the most ardent fox listeners to just spend 10 minutes a night 
maybe 20, going back and forth between the two. Put And do it at the top of the hour, because I've found with those shows, the meat of the show is like 8 to 8.20, 9 to 9.20, because from 9.20 to 10, it's a lot of commercials. But you'll get like 15 to 18 minutes of solid show content. And just go to MSNBC, CNN, Fox, and just watch the disparity in what those shows are talking about any weeknight. Anytime on the weekend, it's really entertaining. It's kind of comical. Oh, yeah. The, the, absolutely, there's some good comedy there in watching how, you know, a, a quote, Democrat news source versus a Republican news source, you know, handles the, the nightly news. And I think, you know, some of these shows have already been proven that they're more, that they're basically entertainment and they're not even news, really news-oriented shows. So, which I think is sad that a lot of people get their news from shows that aren't held to the same standards as you know, the same journalistic integrity that a, you know, a traditional news broadcast would be, but I guess I digress, but yeah, you're exactly right. It is fascinating to watch, you know, the exact same story covered by two separate networks. And again, that's why you've got to get out of your bubble because then you do start to think, Oh, how stupid these other people are that don't think exactly like I do. What a bunch of morons. You really, you have to put yourself out there and be very open to the fact that you can be different, but equal because it's, you know, People don't always vote and think for the exact same reasons. No, that's exactly right. Now, as a slight aside, you mentioned uh, Aaron perhaps voting for Trump a second time or whoever would. All I would say to folks like that is imagine what his cabinet would look like in a second term, because we got a glimpse of it at the end of his first term when he basically had gotten rid of anybody who was sort of toeing the line at all. I mean, you'd, you'd have the fucking my pillow guy as secretary of state. <laughs> For Christ's sakes. I oh mean, let's God. let's really let's really think long and hard about this second Trump term. Because Man. there's no he can't he, people can't vote for him again. He's got nothing to be accountable for. He'd probably just give the Supreme Court the middle finger, although the Supreme Court is now his. Um so you know, it's just it's just a, a little frightening if you think about it that way. God, that's a good point. And I had not thought about <laughs> that. But you know what? And to Trump's credit, he, there was a lot of uh of smart Republican conservative politicians throughout the course of his first term, but man, by the, the end, end it they was were, not so much. Yeah. yeah, and they were calling him like Team Normal and Team Crazy, and I right. think yeah, by the end it right. was like almost you know he wanted only people that were going to tell him what he wanted to hear. He did not yeah. want these classic conservatives saying you know you got to do it this way. So man, yeah, you've got Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point, and I, I think it was unprecedented too. The people that left. The, his um you know his staff that went on to write books and just you know just murder them as far as uh, how everything was ran and and stuff so uh, man it, it would be entertainment wise a second trump term would be phenomenal for us but <laughs> you know it may not end may not end well mm, yeah well, it's, it's, oh, I, I don't know. You're exactly right. The next couple of years, we got to get through these midterms, and then the next couple of years are just going to be absolutely nuts. But man, we're getting close again. Two, two, two uh, we, well, 52 minutes we've been doing this thing. So, did you do a top 10 list this week? No, you know what? I just grabbed some more. I went to uh, Apple and got a few more of our actual five-star reviews. Oh, I like those. Yes. So yeah, the so actual and, reviews. And what I'm doing is trying to get folks, to, of course, to jump on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. 
I'm only going to read them on here if you leave a five-star review. So if you have something bad to say, I'm not going to read it. I only want to read five-star reviews. So sure. sorry. But we do appreciate the reviews. We just also want them to be really good. So yeah, I do have a few of those. And uh, do you do you want to do uh, do you want to wrap with the joke of the day, or do you want me to do these reviews first? Oh no, I always do the joke of the day first. I got another quickie. We've talked enough. I I, I love this joke. Do you know Tristan? Why the pig farmer? Why the why did the pig farmer call the veterinarian? Why the pig farmer called the veterinarian? I don't know. He wanted her to cure his ham. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Are those dad jokes? That's pretty good. Oh, that that's a borderline <laughs> dad bad. joke. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that. Brought to you, of course, by our friend Aaron at Maria Pond, buckshotandled.com. If you're listening from somewhere besides Madison or Central Kentucky here, uh, if you are local, check them out, 107 Clay Drive. They keep getting in great new furniture, and it keeps getting cheaper. I don't know how they do that, but uh, like a lot of really nice couches, love seats, tables, storage, ottomans, all this stuff for like... It's like the really good, like Wayfair or like really top quality furniture, but it's like the save a lot prices are like less than that. So you're getting like the really quality, like big brand, like furniture store stuff for like Walmart, like put together plasterboard furniture prices. So man, great place. Uh, check them out right now. Got a lot of, uh, uh, knives in stock, a lot of guns, a lot of ammo, a lot of cool stuff. So check our, our friend Aaron out at buckshotandled.com. And maybe a place Pond. for the boys, uh, and maybe a place for the boys from Extreme Common Sense. Yeah, hopefully uh, we'll be looking at that here pretty soon. Does anyone we, uh, know we lost our studio? Is that just uh, our secret? No, I think you mentioned it last show. No, I hate that, man. Yeah, it was it great. Sucks. Yeah, yeah, we, we do miss we miss our old studio, but this one will be just as good. But uh, yes, yeah, the pain in the neck and put it all together. Yeah. So with a little help from Troy, uh, that should be no problem. And again, check out frontporchstudios.com for our friend yes. Troy. Check out some of the cool stuff he's got going on. Like if you're doing a little travel uh, this uh, fall and you go through Expedia, I think it's all on frontporchstudios.com. But yeah, it won't, it'll actually save you some money and make Front Porch a little money. So that's what I call a win-win. Sure. And with with that, um, my Bad Wolf Gaming will do the Bad Wolf Gaming actual five star reviews from actual listeners. Oh, Tom Zilla in the morning uh, was listening and, and messaged yes. me today was saying, now I know Tom is probably middle right, so I always take a lot of compliments from folks that are middle right that listen and and like what we're doing. So I really appreciated him letting me know that. And so thank you, Tom. You can check him out on one hundred point seven the Coyote in the mornings from six uh, a to ten p. And check him out at wcyofm.com. You'll he's Tom's very. Good fun. Yeah, man. He, he occasionally comes by for a, a beer and a burger at our place. Yeah, great guy. So so check yeah. out Tom. And so with that, we'll get to uh, actual five-star reviews. Uh, did I say these were from Spotify? I think I said Spotify. Yes. Okay. So at Samantha1998 writes, <clears throat> two white guys giving their opinions on everything. How refreshing. Five stars. How does she know I'm white? I don't know. Have we mentioned it? Oh. Uh. <laughs> At Chris Barton, to Hiroshima. To tell a family secret, my mother was Dutch. All right, go ahead. Oh, nice. <laughs> at, at Chris Barton, Hiroshima writes, have you guys considered turning your mics off when you record? Five stars. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that would, that would probably make the show a little better. A little dead silence. Uh, let's see. At Karen's mom, 859 writes, is it possible you guys could be too ugly for audio? Five mm -hmm. stars. Yes. Wow. 
Now, why give five stars with that? And how does she know how we look? Is she a Facebook yeah. follower? That's mm-hmm. kind of hurtful. Um, at David Larry two one three writes, "I got the best nap of my life listening to your show this week. Keep up the good work. Five stars. It's <laughs> pretty good. Hey, I always say it's the it's the best podcast in America to nap to. So I stand by that." Uh, at Stargazer Toronto writes in parentheses here, it says, please read in a sarcastic voice. Uh, okay. Uh, please bring back your top 10 list ASAP. It's so funny. Five stars. Well, fuck you. Stargazer Toronto. All right. So anyway, actual five star reviews guys. Uh, if you would, we sure would appreciate hey, the reviews. So good to know we're loved. Yeah, very much loved. I don't know why they're all so mean and shitty. It feels like since they're five-star reviews, they would be nicer, but they never are. So, yeah, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, yeah, thanks to our sponsors, uh, Berea Pond, Bad Wolf Gaming, and Troy with Front Porch Studios. Indeed. Ray, I don't, know, I don't know if we got anything accomplished this week, but it's always fun to chat. It is. It is. It's a little bit like Seinfeld, a show about nothing. <laughs> Indeed. And if we can if we can be as half as successful or a quarter as successful or a tenth as successful as Jerry, who I think is coming back again to EKU's uh, uh, theater. Yeah, I, think, I went the I think last time. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, he is funny. A, he's good. All right, my friend. Thank you. Sweet. Have a great week. You too. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week.